Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 112th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm great, Cameron. You know, I have this uh, app on my phone. It's called, uh, it's called Time Hop. Oh, sure. And it shows me what I did on social media or what pictures I took on this day going back in however long, however many years in history, yes. And uh, today, I saw a picture that we took together three years ago. Uh, You, me, and our other friend Parker, we were with Jonte Porter. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We went to a Mizzou football game, and we saw Jonte just walking around. So we said, hey, we know who that is. Let's take a picture. Yeah, he was about to do like a a radio interview before a football game. Yeah. Yep. I I don't even think he had played a single second of Mizzou basketball yet. Nope. Was that, would that have been before? I believe it was against Idaho football. Yes. Yes. But would we have gone and watched um, Mizzou Madness? Probably. Later? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And. It's probably homecoming or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all coming back. All right? coming back. Mm-hmm. But jog some great the, old That would have been the Mizzou Madness where. Michael Porter Jr. Yes. like got eliminated from the dunk contest yep. and then reinserted him because I had all those videos on my phone and into stuff the too. competition. Yes, that was <clears throat> completely unfair, but yes, we all wanted to see it. Yes, we did, and we we did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Kyle, there was no Mizzou football game this past weekend. If you didn't know, uh, if you were searching for it on your in your TV guide, you probably didn't find it. They were supposed to play Vanderbilt. That got postponed to December. They're supposed to play Florida this coming weekend. Schedule got flipped around. They're actually going to play Kentucky. So we'll talk about that. We're also going to talk about some football recruiting in a completely stacked 2022 class in the state of Missouri. But before we do that, we do have a little bit of news to talk about. Uh, This just came through earlier today. Mizzou and TCU uh, have reached an agreement or the sec and the big 12 have reached an agreement for mizzou and tcu to play in basketball this coming season in the big 12 sec challenge so no um familiar face this year for missouri uh tcu i can't remember missouri playing them in anything they probably played them in baseball sometime recently but (laughs) yeah um it's just good to see them in the Big 12 SEC Challenge, I guess, because it seems like every year we miss it. And well, and it's good to see that event happening this season and not being just scrapped. Yeah. With all the schedule uncertainty, it's, I guess, good and interesting that they went ahead and scheduled that for January. Uh, but I, I literally don't even know what Mizzou's, like, the rest of their non-conference schedule is going to look like. I don't even think we have a date for their first game or anything like that. So no, they were supposed to be in a preseason tournament. Yeah, that also featured Nebraska, but Nebraska said see you later. I think a lot of teams are doing that. Yeah, yeah, it's just good to have, I guess, something a certain date on the uh, on the schedule. How do you like Mizzou's chances in that one? I just <laughs> tough to tell at this point. I I don't really know how good TCU is at this yeah, point. I have no idea either. I think they have the former Pittsburgh coach. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Uh, Jamie something? Yeah. Jamie Dixon. That's it? Yeah. Yeah. I remember, uh, didn't they upset Kansas? Yeah, they're, they're better than they used to be right now, yeah. so might be a tough game. 
hopefully we'll find out more about them before uh, before that game is here. Uh, other news, this is only tangentially related to Missouri, but uh, did you see LSU is self-imposing some sanctions yeah. after uh, Odell Beckham Jr. gave away some money to players? Yeah, as if that's the only thing they've done. But, <clears throat> yeah, that specifically, I remember seeing that last year where Odell Beckham's literally handing out wads of cash to players on the field right after the game has ended. I believe LSU then lied and said that was fake money, which was absolutely not at all true, unsurprisingly. Yeah. So So that was really dumb. Odell Beckham Jr. is banned from (laughs) LSU campus for two years. Yeah. That's kind of wild. I I don't know. I'm trying to think, like, just imagine – like Michael Porter Jr. showing up to a basket a Mizzou basketball game and just like handing out cash to baddies <laughs> to, 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 the, to the baddies sitting courtside. <laughs> he probably wouldn't get in trouble for that. But uh, if he was handing it out to players, Benson and Drew Smith, then a different yes. story. Uh, so that's all I have for news. Um, you want to talk about uh, Kentucky or talk about these recruits first? We can talk about them recruits. Okay. So as we all know, um, Eli Drinkwitz has been doing a pretty good job so far in his Missouri career recruiting. And obviously that starts with his first real recruiting class being the class of 2021. Now some of those relationships obviously had to be kick-started under the previous staff and it helps to have like Ryan Walters um, back and he had some back folks. He has some uh, relationships that they're probably building off of yeah. uh, moving forward. And uh, when you look at the 24-7 sports rankings for the state of Missouri, it's always nice to see that Mizzou logo next to some guys at the top of the list. Mm-hmm. And we have that with um, Connor Tollison as well as Travion Ford, who yeah. are ranked fourth and fifth in uh, the state of Missouri. Yeah, and not, I mean, not even just in the rankings, but guys that I know are respected in the St. Louis area and, and in Missouri. Um, you know, Taj Butts, uh, Tyler Hibbler, Mecky Wingo, uh, Ryan Hoerskamp, and then he's technically in Illinois, but Tyler Macon. I mean, those are yeah. those are some very well-respected guys in this area. And, you know, that's that's what you need for momentum of a recruiting class is to say, all right, you know, the, the future looks good for this program. There's guys that I know are talented and that I have a relationship with um, that are going to go here. And um, that's absolutely fundamental in, you know, trying to get a movement going. And uh, Missouri's going to need that because the 2022 class is very stacked and those guys are going to have all kinds of opportunities to go anywhere they want. Yeah. And we've already seen a little bit of that. Before we get to 2022, um, I just want to focus for a second about uh, on Travion Ford and the fact that he will come in and have immediate opportunity to play and play a lot because it's an area on the defensive end that um, Missouri has struggled in recent years and there's just not a whole lot of depth. Even if we had a couple solid guys, which may turn out that we have uh, by the end of this season, there's still just not a whole lot of depth there and uh, there's going to be playing time in the rotation no matter what. Um, He's a four-star player uh, ranked in the top 200 nationally. And 
it's kind of weird. Like, I don't know. It's hard to kind of compare recruits from different seasons or different classes. But when you look at the class of 2022, he, he, there's three top 150 guys in the class of 2022. And I don't know. It's just, it's the kind of class that we haven't seen since, I don't know what year it was that the Tiger 10 was a big thing. I was like 2017, I think. Yeah. So it's kind of like the Tiger 10 volume two. However, um, the number one guy on that list is Luther Burden. He was a wide receiver that just committed last week to Oklahoma. And uh, he would have been the number three overall recruit in the history of Missouri. I think he's like 12th in the history of Oklahoma. But uh, yeah, that would have been the type of like program-changing player that could kind of jumpstart a rebuild. Mm-hmm. And we think Travion Ford is that. And if Coach Drinkwitz can build on the 2021 season with a couple key guys in the state of Missouri in 2022, then you're talking about major momentum moving forward that we think should equate to wins later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is clearly a really strong core of guys here and there's just there's something there has to be something about uh playing for the home state with with all your buddies that you know you've been playing against um for however long now and guys you've known about for a long time and now you're kind of joining with them to uh to achieve a common goal for the same team that has to be exciting for those kind of guys it would be for me and um I don't know, man. I, I think Ryan Hoers Camp. I'm struggling with that name. Clearly, um, mm-hmm. I think he's going to have a, a pretty big opportunity for early playing time as well. Um, just knowing that the the tight end position doesn't have a whole lot of receiving threats right now. Um, maybe that'll change by the time he's here. But um, he's highly coveted as well, and I know Alabama's going after him hard. So you know, if he's as good as advertised as the, as the coaches think he's going to be, um, he definitely uh, could be a receiving threat for us pretty early on as well. So uh, now that Luther Burden is off the board in 2022, there's still another wide receiver who would be top five in the history of Mizzou's recruiting program, and that is Kevin Coleman. He's also from St. Louis. He's a little bit on the smaller side. He's 5'11", 170 compared to Burden, who is uh, 6'2", 194. But he's still top 20 in the nation, still a five-star guy, and he is insanely athletic and just a guy that his high school team just gets the ball to him pretty much every every snap just (laughs) as much as they possibly can Uh, line him up all over the field and um he doesn't really have it's he's got offers from everybody of course alabama auburn and you name it he's got an offer i still think though missouri could there's room with several of these guys that are at the top of the list in 2022 for Missouri to kind of work their way in and just kind of stay consistent on the recruiting trail and they could maybe make a top three, top five list for a lot of these guys. I don't know how realistic it is that they will land very many. I mean, in, in the class of 2021, we're looking at three guys that are four star or better. One of those was Travion Ford. So Missouri got one out of three. In 2022, there are nine players 
that are four-star or better. I'd like to say that Missouri could get three out of nine and stay consistent, you know, one for three and then three of nine. Mm -hmm. I don't know how realistic that is. Obviously, one guy already off the board to Oklahoma. According to 24-7 Sports, the number four-ranked player, Isaac Thompson, he's also from St. Louis. He's a cornerback. He's considered a um, Texas lean. And then uh, the fifth player, Arlen Harris Jr., running back uh, from St. Peter's, he is considered an Iowa lean. Mm. So maybe... It's early. Yeah. Um, But those predictions are early as well. And usually, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire on some of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, having this many talented players in Missouri can really only be a good thing for Mizzou in in the long run. And uh, are we going to get... even most of these guys no probably not but just even being able to land a few of these players can be absolutely a difference maker and i like i said i think missouri as far as the prerequisite goes of of getting talented players uh in situations like them like where they can they can see somebody in a a similar situation go to mizzou i think that missouri has that in Mm -hmm. the 2021 class and that's that's the first stepping stone and having a coach that's a capable recruiter and with, with results on the field to to back uh, to back himself up i think missouri is going to have all of that going for them going into this class which is huge and i don't remember the last time we could say that Mm -hmm. about a really you know it seems like in either sport football or basketball when we are coming up on a really really important class we don't have those kind of prerequisites to to really help us in the recruiting game so um i feel good about this class um you know i I don't know who we're going to land, and I don't know when it's going to happen, but I, I do feel that Coach Trinkwitz is capable to uh, to bring in some game-changing recruits out of this class. Well, you've talked about it before a lot in basketball that Missouri has just had terrible luck with the prime recruiting classes in the region. Players that would potentially consider coming to Missouri just not being interested because of the, the bad timing or the state of the program when they're needing to make these decisions. Jason Tatum? Yeah, that's a great example. Um, <laughs> you were probably getting there. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's like the poster child for yeah. what if. We had Kim Anderson at yeah. the time, and not that he was going to you know, come to Mizzou if, if the coach was different, but it's very possible that he could have. I mean, we would have been in a better position. And when, we, and when we know for a fact that Michael Porter Jr. and Jonte were not even considering – coming to Missouri when Kim Anderson was the coach. I don't know. There, there's a lot that goes into that. You know, if it, it may not have mattered who the coach was, if uh, Lorenzo Romar keeps his job at Washington, maybe it doesn't matter who's coaching Missouri. They, they might end up playing for Romar no matter what. Um, and we just saw a younger Porter brother go decide to go out to uh, Malibu to play for coach Romar at, at Pepperdine. So, Obviously, the connection is really strong there. But uh, bringing it back around to the timing of it, I mean, it's just, it was insane how how bad the timing was for Missouri basketball when these big recruits would come up and these uh, the potential for amazing classes just kind of evaporated every mm-hmm. single time that it was a possibility. And honestly, even though Missouri football has been somewhat more consistent Uh, obviously the football equivalent of the Kim Anderson era never happened but you still 
so I, yeah, it's not as black and white as far as like these amazing opportunities just vanishing because of terrible circumstances, but the program is setting itself up. The coaching staff are setting themselves up to, like you said, have that momentum, have something to have some success to show these recruits. And I think, um, that plays into the number three guy on the list of uh, top players in the state of Missouri for 2022, Tyson Ford. He's a defensive end also out of St. Louis. And I think he should be able to look at Travion Ford and I don't know if they're friends. I don't know if they even know each other, but if I was the coaching staff, I would be just using the exact same game plan I used for Travion Ford for Tyson Ford in the, in the 2022 class and to try to get him along. And, and defensive end is a position where you're hardly ever going to recruit over guys, especially in football. People need time to develop and you almost can't have too many pass rushers. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is right after you beat LSU, you would start calling recruits? Yeah, I would. <laughs> and uh, that's what Coach Drinkwitz did. And he, and he had a, an entire extra week to relish in that and call recruits five times if you wanted to. I don't know what the rules are about how many times you can call a recruit in a week. But, um, yeah, I think it would have been nice to maybe have those back-to-back winnable games against uh, with Vanderbilt coming up. But having a an extra having a week off to just kind of let the most recent thing in everybody's mind be that LSU win that probably doesn't hurt anything in recruiting 100% agree uh just to round out a few other names in the class of 2022 that people should uh, keep an eye on uh Tyson Ford I think the defensive end out of St. Louis one to really keep an eye on um let's see here Uh, defensive tackle out of Kansas City, Dominique Orange. Orange. O-R-A-N-G-E. <laughs> uh, he's one to keep an eye on. Uh, already 6'4", 300 pounds. And then uh, he's just listed as an athlete. So uh, potential for, you know, defensive back, wide receiver, something like that. Uh, Jamarion Wayne from Baldwin, Missouri. Those are everybody we've mentioned in the, in 2022 are – uh, four-star guys a lot of st louis a lot of kansas city guys <laughs> yeah pretty much the whole list yep we do already have a commitment in 2022 yes we do max wisner tight end out of lee's summit again that's another thing that helps that just starting to get a momentum Every, all, all of those things come into play and clearly it's working in some degree already i've never seen a recruit commit so early in a class um like that and you know he's not like some under the radar guy either you know he's clearly a a talented uh guy who who is well known in in the state and uh that speaks volumes to me is there anybody else in the class of 2021 you want to talk about uh oh i was gonna ask you um speaking of tyler macon uh he he announced i believe this week that he's gonna enroll early in the spring which I think I've probably said a million times is huge for guys to get in the program early and to get a six month head start on uh, the same guys in their class coming in later. So those guys just have such an advantage to, to be in the program um, in the spring. My thought process there was that makes a decommitment even less likely. Oh, that too. That's exactly right. Um, Yeah. It it seems like those guys are, are even 
the most about in players uh, in the whole class. But um, Tyler Macon, I had a thought about him recently uh, with Connor Bazelak completely going off against LSU, looking like he's the guy for the next, you know, four or five years potentially. What is that? What, what, are, you, what are you thinking if uh, you're Tyler Macon? What are you thinking if you're a quarterback recruit, a pretty highly ranked recruit coming in and seeing like, oh man, like this might be like just how it's going to be like for like I, I he's probably not thinking that way he's probably thinking i gotta come in and win the job but is he i was about to say here's what i'm thinking if i'm tyler macon what an opportunity to go and compete for a starting job i don't know just me even saying that that doesn't even sound plausible what an opportunity that, yeah uh okay well are we gonna have a quarterback battle next year i sure hope not yeah yeah. So then what does that actually mean? That means we'll have a really good backup. That's not usually how it goes. Sean Robinson's still going to be there next year too. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. And uh, especially with um, all the scholarship stuff. Yeah. Like, but I, I mean, I, yeah. I Not that I expected to see any wavering on his commitment, but it was just good to see that he either announced or confirmed that I'm I'm still all in. I'm I'm coming early, and I'm gonna fight for a spot. So that'll be something really interesting to watch. I'm not sure we're gonna have a quarterback battle in our hands next year. Um, you know, Tyler Macon's a really good quarterback. Uh, I'm not sure. You know, we've got a lot of season left to, to see. We got have a lot of of Connor Basilak left to to see this year, and ma- hopefully he doesn't Mississippi State it and <laughs> go off against LSU and then fall off the map after that. that so is- there's entirely too possible yeah it's 100 percent possible and he didn't play that well before lsu and then became a god against lsu so let's let's see what happens against i mean a lot of good defenses here a lot of good defenses he will face this year including this saturday it's just such a classic fan thing to be like especially like nerdy fans like us to be like oh connor bay's like had a really good game all right, so we probably need to project the quarterback position out for like I don't know seven years <laughs> to really get <laughs> figure out what's going on here. Yeah, it's like uh, no, I have to tell myself sometimes like no, that's not necessary. Like everything will work itself out. Yeah, and I don't know. It, it's <laughs> I just feel like I'll be. I always end up laughing at myself like two weeks later when I, I'm just like projecting out now a two weeks when Connor Bay's like doesn't look awful but also is just not yeah the same it's not the same performance as against LSU I'm not sure he could possibly get better than he right. was against LSU yeah. like it's, we will n- probably never see that again <laughs> yeah he, yeah he it's more likely than not that he just had his best performance as a Mizzou quarterback at least this season by far yeah yeah maybe if not more I mean 400 yards four touchdowns on and like like 80 percent completion yes right yeah that that just doesn't happen very often for guys yeah so uh yeah i think i i still want tyler macon on board i'm not ready to uh rescind his scholarship by any means the more quarterbacks the better at this point yes well kyle uh the 2022 recruiting class is a long way off but this very weekend, we got a game against Kentucky. It's quite close. And did I see Missouri has not – Kentucky has beat Missouri five times in a row? 
Uh, unfortunately, yes, you saw that correctly. <laughs> Has Mizzou basketball beat Kentucky since the last time? Oh yeah, Mizzou football. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we beat Kentucky in de- definitely in the yeah yeah Jonte's the Jonte season. Yeah. And gosh, that's crazy. Have I we beat like him again since then, or is it just that one time? I, I don't think know. just that one time. That's not important. But. Kentucky football, it doesn't seem like they've been that good. They had a wide receiver playing quarterback last yeah. year. And that was like probably the like worst game for Mizzou that it's been out of all the five years we've lost to them in a row. That last year was the worst, I think. Yeah. I mean, emotionally, no. <laughs> but football wise, yes. Uh, yes. As far as just like two years ago they had the game. Horrendous won. play. Yeah. Yes. Last year was the worst. Yeah. Uh this year, I, I got to like Missouri's chances. Um, Kentucky's kind of had a weird season so far. Let me pull up their schedule real quick. Uh, they lost to Auburn to open the season and then lost to Ole Miss at home in overtime. Gave up 35 points in regulation. Then they've been dominant the last two games. Held Mississippi State to two points two weeks after Mississippi State rewrote the records against LSU. So, keep that in mind. Mississippi State makes everybody's schedule just like not make sense, <laughs> right? <laughs> LSU's been doing that a little bit too, though. Yeah. Um and then just this past week went on the road at Tennessee and beat them 34 to 7. So, in their last two games, obviously both conference games, they have outscored Mississippi State and Tennessee 58 to 9. So that's terrifying. They're due for a letdown, is the way I see that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, honestly, last last week's win over Tennessee was very impressive, and I don't know, maybe Tennessee just wasn't ready to go or something. I mean, but they've Tennessee's looked good. offense looked pretty bad. I, yeah. JG just, you know, he was lights out against Missouri, and then has fallen flat since then. Yeah. Uh, Kentucky, we we know a lot of their players. We know uh, Terry Wilson, that's for sure. We know their quarterback. He's been there a while. He was hurt last year, um, so a wide receiver beat us at quarterback. But <laughs> He's uh, a good player. He's very good, I think. Uh, he's he's definitely a dual threat, and they'll run a lot of option plays. They'll run a lot of read option, mm-hmm. triple option. Yeah, I feel like they're they're not going to kill you with the, like, the big play, but they'll just kind of nickel and dime you. Well, and I think they'll kind of – yeah, I think they definitely will try to set up a big shot through the air with – Kind of, kind of lull yep, you to sleep. Say it. Yes. Is that what, what you're going to say? Yeah. Ooh. Lull you to sleep with the run game. Try to get those safeties to inch up closer to the line. And uh, they want you worrying about who's got the ball at the, at the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. and peeking into the backfield and not worrying about the receiver that's running right past you. And that's all they really need to do at receiver is just have some guys that are really fast that can – take advantage of and that can just catch a deep ball every once in a while Mm -hmm. and that kind of balances things out a little bit i don't know i think uh i think they will try to run the ball 40 times against missouri and control the time of possession control the clock a little bit missouri's d-line gonna show up yes but i i don't i don't think kentucky's offense plays in a way that allows your defensive line to look amazing i mean they just 
I don't think there's going to be much opportunity for like sacks basically. I mean, if they can, if they can shut down the run, it won't look spectacular and, but it'll be, it'll be the ball game yeah. if they can do that like their focus might be more contained than rush the quarterback this yeah. week maybe more than than ever right yeah and i think kentucky knows what they have with wilson so well that they they're they're really good about game planning with his strengths and weaknesses in mind mm-hmm. and they're not going to have him just drop back and read through several progressions on every play and try to find the open man it's going to be quick passes a lot of handoffs and misdirection and then a few deep shots cam did you see that quote from mark stoops the kentucky football coach about how he had in the in the past reached out to barry odom and they had had some collaboration and they'd shared some some things about defense and stuff like that did you find that kind of interesting do you think that's common for coaches i guess if you have some kind of prior relationship that wouldn't be completely out of line i i thought it was just kind of weird how much it almost seemed like he hadn't done a lot of research about the new staff and he was just like like if you just said uh, hey coach uh, barry odom doesn't coach here anymore he was like why are we talking about barry odom so much i don't know that's that was kind of what i was wanting to know like he knows barry odom's at arkansas i don't know it seemed weird to me that the the Arkansas defensive coordinator was coming up so much in the pregame conversation about Missouri. They're probably talking about us this week, huh? What? They're probably sharing some, uh, Oh yeah. Some information this week. Oh yeah. I mean, that'd be the time to do it. Yeah. If you've got that connection and then, uh, yeah, I don't know. Barry Adams going to go pull a coach cool, like share the playbook. (laughs) I don't don't think it's quite that bad. (laughs) Totally kidding. (laughs) Yeah. I did think that was a little bit strange and, we're running know. a different offense now, yeah. obviously, so I'm not sure it really means anything. Right, and it's not like Barry Odom would be able to say, well, you know, um, here's the trick to just destroying a Ryan Walters defense. You know, I taught him everything he knows, so here's what you need to do. I'm sure that there was no conversation like that, but it just, I don't know, maybe rubbed me the wrong way that that was such a focus of the conversation yeah. there. Um, I was thinking about Missouri's offense and how they can, what maybe if they learned anything in the LSU game that can translate through the rest of the season. And I don't think we can expect them to be as successful, but I think we can expect them to try to replicate some of the success they had against LSU. And Honestly, as I was describing the Kentucky offense, it made me think that's exactly what I want to see Missouri try to do against Kentucky is establish the running game, make, give Bazelak easy reads, and then try to take the top off every once in a while Mm -hmm. with a deep shot. So I think we're going to see two teams try to control the time of possession, try to give their defense breaks. If Missouri can have sustained drives that find the end zone and keep Kentucky's defense out on the field for an extended period of time, if they can just do that in one half and really control the pace of one half, 
and keep it close and allow their defense to make plays along the way, then I think they'll have a decent shot of winning. Did you see there was a shakeup in the depth chart this week? No, I do not. You'll have to enlighten me. Starting at wide receiver, Toski Dove or Kiki Chisholm. Sounds fine. Get this. Starting at the other wide receiver spot, Deontay Boo Smith. Second string, Micah Wilson. Third wow. string, Damon Hazelton. Wow. Yeah. So I think you and I both, uh, we typically try and find the most like centrist uh, approach to a lot of this stuff sometimes. Yeah. Like we'll be don't like, well, exactly. Yeah. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. It's like, okay, uh, the wide receivers had one good game. It's not like Toski Dub's going to be the starter now. Well, apparently he is, at least for the time being. And the other, the big thing is Hazleton being third string. That's, that's crazy to me. And you think that's like sending a message a little yes, bit? Yes. I mean, it has to be just like, hey, man, you got outplayed and yeah. uh, you got to earn your spot back. And I He's hope thinking, that's all that is. Why couldn't I have played against LSU? Exactly. <laughs> so, and it's probably not going to get a whole lot better if he sees some playing time against Kentucky. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, I want to see Mizzou's offense succeed. And we saw some of these guys who are now starters succeed last week. And. If they go out there and if they can be successful against Kentucky's defense, then uh, just that's incredible. Well, okay, you want to hear my non-reactionary, even-keeled reaction Let's to the depth chart? Yes. This is exactly what we wanted last week. We talked about, yeah, Hazleton and Chisholm, get them back into the rotation and have a rotation of seven wide receivers. Yeah. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Of of all the positions on a football field, yeah. wide receiver is the one to just work in bodies, mm-hmm. see who's got it going on in that game, and don't look back. Yeah, yeah. The, we'll probably see Hazelton out there on the first snap of the game. <laughs> yeah, that that wouldn't surprise me. Like, I I think I did see Chisholm uh, tweeted something like like this one's personal or something like that. I should look up the actual tweet before I try and quote it but uh it seemed like clearly he was bothered by being second string on the death chart um but maybe that's just uh some motivation for him yeah i mean it should be I and mean, we talked about like you can't really you can't always expect college players college students to go oh yeah well this is a great opportunity for me to prove myself yeah totally understand in the eyes of my coach yeah he he said what he I, said this one is personal so we'll see you know he uh, again i think he's probably the most talented wide receiver we have potentially at least physically so i i think he's absolutely capable of uh making a, a big difference and so maybe he'll uh get a shot this weekend yeah i think they will all have a shot i i mean i don't see any reason to just try to play three guys exclusively all game yeah rotate them all in there i wouldn't be surprised to see you know if if this if everybody was healthy for the LSU game, then we would have seen like ten guys with multiple catches. It just so happened that a couple guys were out, and the players that stepped up really performed in their absence. Yeah, I wish. Man, this makes me wish even more that we. I keep thinking I wish we were playing Vanderbilt because I do think Kentucky's defense is legit. Yeah, we probably won't get as many opportunities. We probably won't have as many snaps. Right. On offense in general, this game to, to figure out who is playing the best. Yeah. Can we can we out Kentucky 
Kentucky at their own game here. I feel like if Missouri tries to correct me if I'm wrong, or if you disagree at all, let me know. I feel like if Missouri tries to play up tempo and air it out and try to score a bunch and all they'll really be doing is punting a lot and sending their defense out <laughs> a lot. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to see a Josh Heupel yeah. offense this weekend. And I think if we try to, I don't know, it, Missouri, I feel like their offense is flexible enough to attempt to beat teams at their own game. I, I don't think any of us thought before the LSU game, oh, yeah, the strength of this Missouri team is airing it out and going after big plays and taking shots. And I don't think we would have said that. I think we would have said that the Missouri's offense is more similar to Kentucky's. Yeah. With maybe just a little bit better thrower right behind center grind it out create some confusion yeah take advantage of uh, big plays when you can yeah, uh, so I, th- I think we're going to see two similar offenses kentucky's will just skew more run heavy yeah all right over under one missouri turnover on special teams <laughs> on special teams actually let me i should say point i should say point five over under will we see a special teams turnover yes I mean, I just plan on one a game, at least. Yeah. If it's less than one per game, I'm happy. Yeah. The one will happen, I'm sure. I mean, forever. For the Plan on it. Yeah. Until there's uh, three games in a row without one, I'm just going to plan for one every game. Okay. Chris Abrams' brain. uh, brain. (laughs) Big brain. Is big brain out there? Uh, Big brain, Adams, Abrams' drain. (laughs) Wow, what a nickname we've given him. Uh, I said his name wrong. I called him Adams. <laughs> Abrams Drain. He's in Kyle's doghouse for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we probably see him out He's there. Him. Okay. Yeah. Give him an easy, fair catch to start it out. Yeah. And then he'll have his, his mojo back. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Any other aspects of this game we need to dissect a little bit? I just wanted to be close. I, I, if if Missouri's offense can just sustain some drives, yeah, keep keep the defense happy, give the defense something that you know score I, double digit points. Yeah, that'll help. Yeah, yeah, that'll keep that'll keep it close. Grant McInnes playing against his former team. True. Let's see, no pass attempts from him this game. <laughs> I agree with that. I would. I'd be again. fine if he didn't even see the field. Honestly. There you go. No punts. Yeah. All right. Uh, I guess it's prediction time. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not super optimistic here, Kyle. Uh, I think. I think the Missouri offense is going to be brought back down to earth a little bit, and. Kentucky's offense will do just enough to get by. I think it'll be close, though. I'm going to say it's low scoring, probably pretty ugly game. It's going to be some turnovers, some bad penalties. And Kentucky will win 17-13. to 13. Mm, That's very low scoring. I agree with you. I think Kentucky is going to be just a little bit too much in this game. Um Unfortunately, I think the streak must go on another year um, because I think Kentucky is legitimately actually a good team this year. Um, I think Kentucky wins 31 to 20. 
Yeah, they did score 34 against Tennessee. That's kind of crazy. I still, man, I I just want to keep seeing uh, Bazelak, uh look comfortable in the pocket. I want to see him make some plays. Uh, this I feel like we say this every week, but really might be one of the best defenses he sees all year. And the the second half of the schedule is so much friendlier mm-hmm. for this offense <laughs> that I just we got to make it to that point. But <clears throat> we got another couple tough games to make it through, and uh, <clears throat> I think he could struggle a little bit, but. Hopefully, see some encouraging things. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm trying to think of any way where I just. Yeah, I think the streak continues for Kentucky. Unfortunately. All right, Professor Cameron, you ready for us to pick some games? Oh yeah. Like usual, we're picking all the SEC games. Only four this week, and uh, maybe one of these days the Big Ten will be playing football. But until then. No, they play this week. Oh, oh, the Big Ten is back, folks. Did Thank you just goodness. stomp when you said I that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's oh. so excited. We've added some real He's emphasis so on that. He's so excited to Big pick against Nebraska. <laughs> I can't wait to pick whoever Nebraska's playing. Uh, you may want to pick them yeah. and get those upset points. Oh, this yeah. weekend, you think it's a good idea? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Anyway, um, <laughs> you both scored four points last week. You both picked one upset. What up? got two others right. What upset? Was... Um, was Arkansas yeah, the Cameron underdog? Pick, yes. Cameron picked Arkansas. Got I picked points. Arkansas. That's what it says right here. Wow. And Kyle picked South Carolina. Mike Bobo. Yeah. I knew I knew I should have picked him. Yeah, <laughs> you did. <laughs> First time they've beaten Auburn since 1933. That's insane. Wow. 1933? Jeez. Yeah. They weren't even in the same conference back then. Probably, I don't know. I don't man. I don't ask me about the history, man. Yeah. <laughs> Arkansas beat Ole Miss. Wow. Barely. They're two and two. <laughs> Sheesh. I uh I was gonna watch the end of that game, uh, Ole Miss and Arkansas. Uh, Ole Miss had the ball with like three or four minutes left. Uh, they needed to obviously score a touchdown to win. Turn on the TV. First play that I watch is an Ole Miss like he throws it straight to a Arkansas linebacker and he runs it back for a pick six and I just like. <laughs> Turned off the TV. <laughs> That's enough of that. It's like, all right. Uh, freaking Alabama. Still number two. That's an outrage. Told you. You're, you're, you did. Well, they couldn't beat Georgia Tech like Clemson could. Is Clemson yeah. number one, I'm assuming? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Alabama's number two in the country. Beats number three, Georgia. 41 to 24. Handily. Clemson hasn't played anybody. Oh, they played Georgia Tech. Yeah. Scored 73. They put out the 73 bomb against Georgia Tech. They had like their fifth string quarterback, who's actually their punter in at quarterback at Grant the end McInnes? of that game. Wow. <laughs> yeah, his name wow. is also Graham McGinnis. Wow. Weird. Anyway. Uh, all right, let's move on. Let's to this anyway, game. week four, Kyle has 20 points. Cameron has 17. Still a three point. 2017? No big deal. deal. No big deal. Okay, so game one this week, it is Auburn at Ole Miss. Auburn is a three point favorite. Auburn at Ole Miss. Huh. Mm. Two not very good teams in my book. Where's it? I'm sorry, where is it at? At Ole Miss. Okay. Auburn let me down this past week. Mike Bobo. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I pick Auburn. I think I'm going to have to pick Ole Miss. Ooh, that's what I like to hear. 
Game number two. Auburn, number Auburn kind of sucks. Sorry. They definitely do. Game number two. Number two, Alabama at Tennessee. Alabama is a 21-point favorite. Alabama, for the sake of the SEC, the writers got to win. put them at number one. The who? The the AP pollsters. Oh, the pollsters, yeah. 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 That's You're just allowing Nick Saban to say that. I thought you were about to say, for the sake of the SEC, Alabama needs to, like. Run the table? Yeah. And then, then you said the writers. Like, somebody was writing this like a, it's some kind of fictional story. <laughs> it's rigged or something. <laughs> no. That's not at all what I'm saying. <laughs> all, right, all right, all right. The AP pollsters, they, they should have put Alabama number one. Now Nick Saban's got this ammo to fuel his team they're going to be angry and we beat number three clemson, i think they i think they clemson know how play, to, i think they know how to win as number one clemson play georgia tech true and you, you're not gonna have us number two yeah give me them oh yeah um i looked this up just to see um clemson had 54 boats votes boats <laughs> boat votes 54 votes and alabama had eight beach conference wow clemson so, is in the beach conference yeah they use boats to get around Okay. <laughs> yeah, we got some confused listeners. If anybody's still listening, <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, third SEC game is, and the last SEC game, I guess there's only three. Um, South Carolina at LSU. LSU is a six-point favorite. Wow, Mike Bobo. Mike Bobo's on a roll. LSU's got some turmoil going on. No Odo Beckham Jr. How can they possibly win without no yeah. OBJ? They won't have that, you know, that cash flow. Yeah. Did LSU play this past week? They must have had a buy or something, right? They were supposed to play Florida. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think LSU bounces back. Let's go, Mike Bobo. Ooh. Wow. South Carolina. That's a terrible choice. <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily. Yeah, they're going to lose. But I'll pick them. All righty. We'll see you next week. What the people want. What? There's another one? Oh, yeah. Big 10 is back. Nebraska at number five, Ohio State. Ohio State is a (laughs) 26-point favorite. I didn't even wait for the line. 26-point favorite. Mm. That's big. Yeah. Uh, Can you give me like a... No. (laughs) I was going to say like a quick synopsis on Nebraska no. football. No, so, no, I knew you don't know anything about him. No, nothing. Why? You don't know anything about Mike Frost, their coach. Mike, Mike Frost. Frost. Oh my gosh. Okay. At least we did know that. Ohio State. Ohio State. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Wrap it up. Show's over. <laughs> okay. See you next week. Mike Frost. Mike Frost, and not, they're going to lose this week. Um, guys. That's going to do it for this episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Missouri Sports Pod. And you can email us at Missouri Sports Pod at gmail.com. You can find t shirts, stickers. Go to our little shop website, Missouri Sports Pod.bigcartel.com. Thank you all for listening. It's we nice will sure. see you next week. Mike Bobo. Go Mike to Bobo. Nebraska. <laughs>